Welcome to the Center Mid Philosopher. This episode is brought to you by Augustus Royale Fashion. Life's not black and white, it's gray, and gray is beautiful. Check out the brand below in the link. All right, folks, uh, got a super awesome guest uh, with us today, an old, one, one of our tribe, one of our famous um, guys from the, the Piedmont Triad area, Clyde Sims, uh, legend, um, you know, D.C. United, New England Revolution, full U.S. men's national team legend, but I always remember him uh, from Southwest High School, uh, ECU days, um, and forever and ever, but really, I remember him as the Jamestown Jammers days. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure you probably don't remember me at all, but we, we squared up against one another a couple times back in the day. I was I was a year ahead of you on the those old school Greensboro Bucks. Yeah, no, I definitely did. Came definitely up did, yeah. uh, and then became the Greensboro Soccer Club, but was uh, really good. Scott Dunnigan is one of my best yeah. buddies. Yeah. And we... Uh, your ears must have been burning. We had uh, Hesmer on, and okay. we were singing your praises quite a bit, and uh, actually hang out with Sam Boston quite a bit in town. And nice. Um, uh, and for the listeners and viewers, we've we, it's funny you're the second famous Jamestown jammer we've had on, but those teams were y'all were nasty back in the day, and yeah, uh, we we lucked out. Yeah, y'all had a good squad. Um, but yeah, I know. I mean, so f for everyone that don't know Clyde super well, you know, just an unbelievably killer career and like real hero of, of mine and, and all of us that, you know, got to, were fortunate to share the field with you back in those days. And um, on behalf of all those that have, have been able to say somewhere in a bar somewhere, hey, I used to play with that guy. So <laughs> on behalf of all of us, thank you for your yeah, incredible you. career. But, um, Yours is one of just real heroism and successes and kind of that of an underdog. I mean, I, I don't want to editorialize too much, but you you kind of got your start with the, the Richmond Kickers here and then mm -hmm. got caught up into the full men's national team and, and really caught everyone's attention. And D.C. United said, hey, man, we need you an hour and a half down the road ASAP and went on to have an incredible seven-year career there um, and then spent some time in New England Revolution. Um, but uh, – Clyde, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Zach. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so, um, wanted to uh, just right off the top, like, how much um, are you still playing it all these days for fun, or and how much soccer are you watching these days? And if so, what, well, what do you watch? Yeah. So I uh, after I retired, I started a business. Mm -hmm. uh, that's <laughs> that's been um, that's been taking a lot of my my uh you know free time so but i'm still in the game i um i coach kids uh i do individual sessions mm -hmm. uh, because of my schedule it's much easier to schedule those than than be a, as much as i want to coach a team uh the schedule wise it's just um it just doesn't work out really but I, so I'm, I'm training kids probably five five days a week uh and it's it's a blast um i do radio for the revolution uh, oh, nice. revolution so um still involved with uh with you know the the league and the team here uh in Bo up in boston uh, boston area um i played uh, i played out in the tst tournament uh oh, nice. Nice. i i uh <laughs> i pulled a muscle the first like five minutes sure. and i was out i was done for the done for the tournament but uh um yeah i my my uh job is still very physical mm -hmm. and i can't uh 
I just can't really afford uh, injuries. And, um, you know, I retired. One of the reasons I retired was uh, turf toe mm-hmm. on top of my uh, my kidney kidney disease. So, um, you know, I just try to stay feeling as good as possible. As much as I want to go out and play a lot of times, uh, I think I need to hold off a little bit longer before I, before I get back out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I ruptured a quad muscle playing like 10 or so years ago. And, I mean, it, yeah. it's, it is uh, – it's a brutal game if you're not fully in shape for it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to train for it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wonder if you could just – you're probably tired of telling this story, but, like, tell the listeners and viewers a little bit more. You, again, you one of uh, kind of defying the odds. I mean, you were kind of given that diagnosis in, in college, right, and then still went on to have, like, a you know, 10, 15-year-plus – professional playing career but if you could just tell everyone a little bit about yeah that. absolutely i mean um I mean, you, you touched on it uh kind of kind of a underdog story i mean obviously uh growing up uh, you know one of the one of the uh, i guess you know everyone once you get to a certain level everyone was once like the the guy on the team you know but even on our club team I, you know i we had guys on the team i i wouldn't consider myself you know one of the better players on the team uh we had a, a very good club team and i think that that I, I, you know, I watched different careers develop uh, over the years, and um, I think I was very fortunate to be in the position I was and, and playing with guys that, you know, that I admired. And, you know, even though they're my age, I looked up to and, and um, you know, I always played a year up. Um, my, um, I, I started two years up and then I moved down to one year up uh, and then I stayed there all the way until my senior year in high school. And so I was playing against guys that were older and, um and yeah, it just kept it just kept pushing me. It kept pushing me. Um, uh, even when I got recruited to go play at, at East Carolina, um, I would get letters from some big time schools, but nothing, no no phone calls, nothing nothing too too serious. And um, the the coach seemed like he really wanted wanted me to play a big role at East Carolina, uh, so I chose chose that school. Um, and I you know it was it was the perfect distance from home. It was just a good situation for me. Uh, Ended up playing all four years there, um, and we weren't very good. Um, you know, East Carolina doesn't have a, a soccer program anymore, men's soccer program anymore, and they, they, there's talks of bringing it back, but I don't, I don't see any movement there. But uh, we weren't very good. I think the most games we won in a season was like six, six or seven, um, and so it was, it was tough to get looks. Um, the conference we played in was pretty good. The conference at the time, we played against some. Uh, we had a, like two or three uh, top twenty-five teams in our conference, which was, which was cool. Uh, to stack up against them, uh, and in some of our non-conference games, we played against some some really good teams. So we got, got some eyes. Uh, most I made was like second team uh, all-conference. Um, you know, personal accolades coming through college. I got an injury, um, and it was it was nothing. A, a little tweak of my knee. Like the last two games of my career, I played every game in college. Uh, last two games, I had to sit out. Um, and at that point, uh, we, we, uh, my coach and I sat and we, we applied for the combine. Uh, no, no calls, no anything. Didn't, didn't get invited to the combine. Um, but my coach really, and I, you know, I majored in construction management. I thought I was, you know, done playing soccer. I was going to go get a job in construction. My coach uh, basically made me go to an invitational tryout uh, with the Richmond Kickers. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I go up there. It was just over a weekend. Uh, I go up there, get a hotel room, uh, stand by myself, and um, go out to tra- uh, you know to the to the trials. Um, you know, put my best foot forward. And Lee Kalishaw, who's the coach at the time, uh, pulled me to the side after the before the last day, 
and asked, he said, if I, if I offered you a, a contract, would you, you know, would you want to want to play? And I, I said, of course. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd love to, um, you know, I, I still had a semester of school. Um, my major was so small at East Carolina that, um, there were some semesters if I didn't, um, it, it interfered with soccer, soccer practice. And so the, the class would be, uh, offered just one time the whole semester. So, uh, if I didn't make, if I didn't get that, that semester, I had to push it to the next. And so it took me four and a half years to graduate. Uh, so I still had a, a semester left and I totally, um, you know, is there any way I can go back and, you know, finish? So, uh, the season was mostly during the summer, uh, back then it was the A-League. And so it started a little bit before we were out of school. And then it, uh, it ended after we went back to school and Lee allowed me during those moments to go back and forth, which was great. It was a great situation. The contract wasn't much of anything. I think I was I was like one hundred and fifty dollars a month, um, and everything else was bonus. So if I if I got injured, and that was all I was making. Um, you know, those were the contracts back then. But I, you know, it was it was cool. It was um, uh, I knew a little bit about Richmond Kickers at the time, and and going to play for that team, it was uh, it was awesome. Um, I ended up having a really good season. Um, ended up being a, a starter for the team and made uh, you know all all um, you know team of the week a few weeks and um, and it was good uh, and then I went back to school I signed a two-year contract but I was excited to be done with school going into that second season mm-hmm. and was gonna actually get my own place at the time I was just staying with my buddy's dad the first the first season I was gonna get my own place with one of the, one of the teammates and um, and uh, this was in the off season and I got a call I mean I'll never forget I was in a, in a movie at a movie theater with my girlfriend at the time and I and I um I came come out of the theater and I had like so many missed calls messages and and some of them were from my uh, coach in Richmond I didn't recognize the other numbers mm-hmm. I call him back uh, as assistant coach Jesse um and he says have you heard the news and I said no um no I just got out of the movie I have no idea what's going on uh and he told me that the national team was on strike um but they had a game to play. So they they, uh, they had a World Cup qualifier coming up against Trinidad and Tobago. The team was on strike, so um, they had to get someone together to play the game, uh, you know, to represent the U.S. They called in uh, A-League players because it was all MLS players and, and uh, European players that would not come into camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all in it together. But uh, they called up um, a good amount of us, uh, like 20-plus of us, and we... We were going to be the team that represented the the U.S. against Trinidad and Tobago, and we were out of season. We were out of shape. Uh, I had, you know, I had done. I was one of the younger guys that ended up going into the camp, and uh, I, I, I say I had a pretty good camp. And I was, and I was young. That was my my advantage. I think I was running running circles around some of the the older guys that were in the off season. And so, Bruce Arena was the coach at the time. Um, uh, the strike. We were there. We trained for about a week, and the strike ended. Um, we were sitting at dinner, and one of the one of the guys, uh, his wife, uh, called him and said uh, they just found out the strike ended. Um, and then, sure enough, we got calls from the coaching staff uh, shortly after. But I got one uh, from Mooch at the time. Uh, he was assistant coach of the national team, and he he said, "Well, what do you have planned the next, you know, a couple of weeks?" And I said, "Well, I was planning on being here uh, at, at camp. Uh, I didn't have any other plans." And he he asked if, um, you know, we'd love to, you know, keep you keep you in for when the the other guys come back. So I figured they were getting closer to that that time, and uh, the rest of the guys were in their off season as well, uh, the, especially the MLS guys. And um, we get to a, we go to a meeting the next day, and Bruce says, "You know, I, I know all you guys heard the news. The strikes ended. Um, 
we are going, um, but we have an announcement. We're going to uh, keep Clyde back. And I thought they were keeping a few of us back. And I was the only one. Um, wow. Yeah, it was wild. And, uh, you know, all the guys were happy for me. Um, and awesome. so, yeah, so they left. And then it was a good, like, day and a half where uh guys just started trickling in and i and that that day and a half i'll never it felt like it felt like um i, I couldn't even explain the, the feeling i just like nerves and i'm there by myself with the coaching staff just waiting for these guys to come in and they start coming in you know one by one like a couple come in and, and one hour and then a couple of hours later a couple other guys are coming in and then now i'm seeing guys that i saw play in the last world cup um you know uh eddie pope shows up and uh eddie eddie went to south uh southwest yeah. guilford as well right yeah and i uh we didn't know each other um before that i think you know obviously i knew who he was and i think his dad his dad was still very involved with uh soccer in high point and he um i think eddie had heard my name through his dad but um first time meeting and uh yeah it was all uh there were some other guys my age you know uh, clinton dempsey was coming in mm-hmm. uh mike mcgee um chad marshall eddie johnson uh they were coming in and we were, we were all the same age and i kind of hit it off with those guys uh and it was um it was an experience so then while i was in camp um it was only myself and pablo mascherini uh were the only d mids they were just low on on defensive mids at the time mm-hmm. and so bruce came really close to taking me on the trip which i mean i i don't i mean i had a really good camp i don't know what what uh what happened i don't know um what got into me but it was one of those things where the guys that i was uh i mean they just made the game easy you know mm-hmm. uh just you know put in the effort and played simple and i ended up having a really good camp um and so a lot of the guys were talking and and messing with me like you got to come you got to come to our team you got to come to our team and most of the guys played in the mls mm-hmm. and um I remember Ben Olsen uh, at the time uh, pulled me aside and he said I got, um, he wanted to introduce me to his agent, uh, Dan Siegel. And he ended up being my agent for my whole career. And he's a great guy. That's awesome. And uh, I, yeah, I took a liking to Ben at the time and, uh, and trusted his word. And, and so I ended up signing with Dan. And then all of a sudden, all of these MLS teams uh, were interested because I was the only uh, guy from the A-League, A-League at the time. Um, they, they got kept uh, with the full team and, and I, they heard that I was having a good camp. And so um, I basically went from leaving school to um, like the next day to go to this camp. And then I ended up leaving basically. Oh, uh, well, they, they had to come to terms with Richmond Kickers because I still had a year on my contract, but basically left uh, being a, a DC United uh, player. And it was, it all happened so fast and so crazy because at the time there was no, there was no real um, relationships between MLS and A League. A few years before, mm-hmm. they would they would put put guys back and forth mm-hmm. and and give them playing time and stuff like that. But it um it had stopped around that time. And so, uh, you know, I, I told people all the time, if it wasn't for that that strike, I don't know if I would have ever made it to MLS. And so uh, that's a little bit of the the story. That's yeah. awesome. And um yeah, I mean, I I went to a lot of those DC United games because I was in DC during that time. Mm-hmm. And um you know you. I was just kind of researching again, reminding myself of all the great players that you played with there. I mean, Bobby Boswell, Jaime Moreno, Josh Grosh, Santino Coranta, Mike Petke, Aleko Eskandarian, Chris Pontius, Ben Olsen. You know, yeah. of course, I mean, that was, that was a wrecking squad. Um, what? Who were, and maybe it was Ben Olsen, but like who were kind of some of the alphas on that team? Who were the real leaders? Um, I'd love to I mean, just the stories of the locker room of those times. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it was. 
I mean, for those that haven't spent time in a, I say a professional locker room because it's just so much more time together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we're in school, uh, I mean, it's nothing like the locker room. It's, it's the best ever. And in, in, in school, everyone, okay, we got to go get back to classes. It's mm-hmm. kind of a rush. But playing professionally, that's all we were doing. That was our job. So we, we would be there from 9 to 9 a.m. to, you know, 1 or 2 in the afternoon almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, we're traveling together, obviously playing a lot more games and stuff like that. So the, these guys become your – um, really your family. Uh, you're with them all the time. Um, when I first went, our coach was Peter Novak. Um, yeah. Peter. Yep. And I loved Peter. Um, Peter was, uh, he, he was, um, I don't know. I, I played my best soccer under Peter. I'm, I'm a very, and especially my position, I played a defensive mid. Like yeah, I, the number six, I rely on organization. I rely on, on guys working in front of me and, uh, and, um, you know, taking in information and all being, being on the same page. I relied a lot on that in my position. And with, um, with the team that we had and the way Peter had us play, um, it, you know, he just made it really easy, really simple. Um, and he was the guy in the locker room. I mean, mm-hmm. you, know, you talk about the, the alphas, we had a Dima uh, Kovalenko. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. born, and uh, he he definitely was a personality. Jaime always was, um, but uh, it, it's different. Jaime Jaime was like a, a level above everyone as far as skill and all of that. So he was incredible. A, yeah, he was, and a lot of times that that alpha that you that you need. It's hard. It's hard to like. Uh, I mean, we all respected Jaime for sure, but he was just so much more skillful than everyone else that it was, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of hard in those situations, but Demo was a very simple player and he worked super hard. So he was kind of one of those guys. Um, yeah. And we, and we, you know, we, my first season, we had Freddie there Freddie yeah. do, and he was, he was so young. And then, um, you know, some older guys that, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good dynamic. We had, a, uh, some good balance. Most of those teams I played in with DC. Um, and it was, um, it was great. I mean, it's one of those things where, our team was so good the first couple of years. Uh, we won supporter show two years in a row. The year right before I got there, they just won MLS Cup. Um, so it was, it was a good team. Freddie was on the team, so everywhere we went was like kind of mayhem. It was kind of like a a, a a super dumbed down version of like uh, when Beckham came and uh, and you know Messi now. But uh, but it was kind of like that at the time with with Freddie Adu on the team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how'd you get along with Freddie? I always thought he was a great player. Obviously, we all know, you know, maybe a little too soon. Obviously, poor guy, way too much hype on him for mm-hmm. that young. But mm-hmm. I mean, I always whenever he did get a shot, I always felt like he had a pretty good chance. But was it just kind of a tough being that much younger than everyone? Or well, that, um, how yeah, was your experience a, with him? Yeah, I have a, a strong um, opinion on this. Um, Freddie was, uh, he was absolutely worth the hype. I mean, every, right, yeah. I'll never forget. Every day in training, um, I like, I mean, I was just wow. He would do something in training every single day that I was like, there's no, you know, he was really that good. He was really that talented. When, under Peter, I thought Freddie was his best um, those first couple of years. And Peter did a good job of not giving Freddie too much too soon mm-hmm. um, as far as playing time and exposure and, um, and he, you know, he stayed on Freddie's case. He kept him working. Mm-hmm. Um, Freddie, obviously, um, at the time, you know, wanted more. He wanted more playing time. He wanted more, more to be that guy. And we, and we had guys like, uh, you know, Leko and and Jaime, and and we had a we had a great uh, kind of at the time star-studded team. And Freddie just wasn't that guy. But Freddie, you know, being young, um, you know, that he he felt like he deserved that. And I'm sure everyone in his corner around him thought the same thing. 
and so he he wanted change and when he when he left and he went to salt lake i believe it was um i think everything started to go like he was just given everything everything he wanted and then you know for you know we, as we know being older now a lot of times that just isn't the best for young players mm -hmm. um and um and we, we all know how his career turned out but freddie he really was worth uh i mean he really was you know he lived up to the hype in, in training and and even and even in games when we played under peter um he, he definitely did yeah yeah and um you touched on it you mentioned the name a little bit ago that i mean eddie pope i mean mm -hmm. man the the guy i mean he started it all almost and another you know amazing guy from our neck of the woods and um do you guys still keep in touch? And I mean, from what I read, it's, I mean, did he kind of take you under his wing a little bit? I mean, did was he a, a mentor figure to you in your career? Uh, when, yeah, just when I was with, when we were together in the national team, uh, mm -hmm. we didn't talk too much after that. We see each other uh, every now and then. And Eddie, if you don't know Eddie, he's, he's, uh, he's a lot like I am pretty quiet and, yeah, and yeah. kind of, but he, he's awesome. He's awesome. You, you get him going and, um, you know, very much super professional, very much about his, his business and, um and yeah we were a lot of like in that way but um but no we didn't we didn't talk too much out you know because at that time we began to be competitors sure. in a way because yeah because he was back in ML playing in mls mm -hmm. and yeah so um yeah, yeah. yeah he was very shy i knew uh, yeah really yeah. really shy um yeah. but what a legend and man what i, I would give anything to get him on just because i mean he you know he was the guy and um Anyway, but uh, so uh, another just incredible part of your story is that, you know, the, the medical challenges that you've dealt with and, and have overcome and, and, you know, and went on to have a thriving career. It's just a really um, it's just a really cool story to the extent that you're comfortable sharing just kind of what happened with you and then how you prevailed over it and then and how it's led to what you're doing now continuing yeah. on that that mission of constant health and helping others achieve that goal i just think it's a really heartwarming story and really cool and another reason Absolutely. why it's, you're so, we're so proud of you yeah thank you thank you i appreciate it um so yeah when i was young uh young we we um we realized that I had a kidney issue. We, it, was, it wasn't fully diagnosed yet. We didn't do a biopsy or anything yet, but it was like 99.9% .9 sure the doctors were that, that this is what it was. We didn't get a doc. I didn't get a biopsy until I retired uh, or actually in between my, my two seasons with the revolution. Mm -hmm. That's when we knew, but it, it ended up being exactly what we, what we thought it was. And so it was FSGS, which is a super, super rare kidney disease. It's so rare that um, they, don't, they don't even do research on it to like kind of, figure out how to uh, like a cure for it because it's just so so rare um but uh, so i um we we knew i had it when i was i mean i was young i can't remember the exact age but um you know well before college um and so what we had to do was basically just stay on top of it. we had to keep checking blood work checking my levels where's my kidney function um and so we just did that i didn't there's no real symptoms that you know they call kidney disease a silent killer because you can you cannot have any symptoms at all uh, until it's like kind of too late um you start having little stuff but it's a lot of times it happens so slowly that you don't tell the you can't tell the difference mm -hmm. um and so um you know fortunately I, I knew and we we knew what to look out for and we just stayed on top of it mm -hmm. um really simple to see where how how well your kidneys are functioning with a simple blood test and um Going to college, you know, me being a young kid, um, I just, 
it was like out of sight, out of mind. And, mm -hmm. and it was a lot of fear because at the time I didn't know much about what I had going on. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't until I came basically to Boston uh, where I really, really started, um, you know, educating myself on it and um, and really like diving in and figuring out. Other than that, I was just going to my appointments, doing what the doctors were telling me to do. Um, but there were some dicey moments. There were some dicey times where my function would drop and then it would come back up, especially um you know a lot of a lot of painkillers like uh advil leave mm -hmm. they're really hard on your kidneys especially yeah. if you have something wrong with your kidneys um um there were times in my career when i played for dc where i was taking like total shots um uh to get to play through an injury or mm -hmm. something like that um that was that was a time where i was really like one of the guys um uh for dc and and one of the mainstays in the in the midfield and um yeah and a lot of you know if i if i had to go back and do it again um I don't know. In the moment, you know, you you know, it's like you want to do anything to play, and, right. and at that time, at that time, it's your livelihood. You know, that's mm -hmm. how this is how I'm making making my money. And at that time, I was making you know good money for MLS and uh, my my second uh, second contract. But um, anytime I would go to the doctor to check my my blood work and my kidney function after doing a total shot, oh my gosh, it, it would it would drop way down, and then uh, it would take like a good week to come back up to where it was. Mm -hmm. And slowly but surely, um, uh, kidney function just dropping, dropping. And the only thing that I would feel, I just, uh, I needed more naps mm -hmm. during the day. So I was more tired. And then uh, whenever I got an injury, it took me just a little bit longer to recover. Mm -hmm. um, or even just a tough day of training, I'd be more sore mm -hmm. uh, for longer than mm -hmm. most guys. And so um, that, that's, that was the extent of it. But um, well, that's still pretty tough. Oh, yeah. And I had a lot of doctors uh, tell me, they're like, you won't realize how sick you are until you either start dialysis or get a transplant. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I, I got a, um, uh, it'll be nine years this year in December, in, a, in another month or so, where I got my transplant. Yeah. And when I got my transplant, when I first got my transplant, uh, I almost felt like I could have came back and played. Oh, wow. It, it was just like... Um, it was crazy the difference in how I felt. I, I no longer needed naps. My energy level was like, like something I had never felt in like since I was like a kid. Kid. Oh wow. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty insane. And um, it, it yeah, of course it makes me wonder. Um, like what could yeah like yeah what could have been if I if I had full you know full function but but still yeah. I mean you crushed it for like a decade. I mean you so it's uh, it's amazing. It it just adds even more like dimension to what you were able to accomplish it's, it's even yeah. more impressive yeah yeah and, and you know for me you know being being a kid at the time like i i was just you know put my head down and worked hard that's that's all that's all i did in my in my eyes but um but um yeah i was very fortunate to play as long as i did um you know towards the end of my uh when i retired Yes, yeah, so one of the reasons was the turf toe um but the main you know the main main reason was my kidney function as well and i think the kidney function had gotten so low at that time because now we're talking down to like 30 percent uh 20s 30 percent once you get to like 20 percent, you have to start dialysis so i was i was starting i was going that route but a big reason why you know i think the turf toe was affecting me so much because my kidney function was right. so low yeah, yeah that's really interesting man well um and then i read somewhere that like you were even one of your stays in the hospital one of the doctors were like you know had you not been so fit <laughs> 
from being mm-hmm. a professional soccer player, you might be in worse shape than you are. And that oh, yeah. kind of was the light bulb for you to be like, no, nah, I want to make this and I'm going to start my own business in the yeah. cycling and, yeah. and health. And is that right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I was in the hospital for something totally unrelated. Uh, it was like a stomach bug. They gave me, um, they gave me a antibiotic that I ended up being allergic to. And we didn't know, mm-hmm. we didn't know it was uh, vancomycin. And they just kept giving it to me. Um, we were trying to make the situation better, and it was just making the situation worse. My temperatures got up to like 105 point, like, uh, yeah, it was up there. Well, actually, I think it was higher than that. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. But yeah, they say like 108, and you're basically basically done. Um, wow. And it was, close, it was close. And I'll never forget, I was in my hospital bed, and my nurse my nurse is like crying. And then, but I, you know, I feel completely fine, but they're just throwing ice on me in the room. Wow. And then, uh, realized something was was going on and then once i settled down the doctor came in and said the only reason why i think you one survived and two survived without you know brain damage is because uh because you were were so fit your body was so fit and that was right after i basically retired from playing soccer Mm -hmm. um at that time we had already decided to do the studio but that just um put a mission behind it oh yeah 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 and it just goes to show you how you know how important it is um you know fitness had been my whole life um by default you know right playing soccer, uh, yeah, playing soccer for a living and le- i learned so many things from my all my trainers and um, my strength and conditioning coaches and, and stuff like that i was very fortunate um and then you know all that knowledge kind of carried over to what i do now but um yeah it was um it, it was a time it was a time and, and that was around the time we were starting the business and and then i had to start dialysis after that um a lot of changes at that time and um you know also being up here in boston still um you know most of my family is uh, still in north carolina and, and then dc as well mm-hmm. um and it was uh, yeah it was it was a time it was a time for sure well and so um that's amazing and so i know you're you're still committed to the public health and training folks i mean how much how much soccer do you get to watch now i mean and what do you watch well that's the other thing um yeah i don't like Okay, so I, I uh, run a it's a spin studio, mm-hmm. uh, indoor cycling, and yep. so you know I we're we're busy. Uh, yeah. I mean, me personally, I'm busy. I'm teaching, you know, I, uh, some sometimes of the year I'm teaching thirteen classes a week, um, and and te- teaching is easier than taking. You know, I'm on and off the bike when I'm teaching. Right uh, now, I'm down to like five, which is great. But uh, you know, um, just the and then just running the studios you know mm-hmm. we were up to six six locations at one point wow um every every saturday sunday morning i'm teaching so i'm missing a lot of like epl unfortunately mm-hmm. um I'll, I'll catch some replays when i can and i'll catch games when i can uh, my, uh, i have a six-year-old son now nice um, he's playing soccer now awesome. so I'm, I'm at his games on saturday mornings oh, uh, yeah, me too <laughs> yeah so that's that's what i'm watching that and um so for for a good solid three years, like three and a half years, uh, I was basically like the voice for the uh, the radio for the revolution, mm-hmm. for New England Revolution. And so um, we had our host, um, Hardy, and I was the I was like the soccer guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he was the he was the personality. Uh, and so we we had our own show. We would um, we would do pregame halftime show and postgame. Nice. Uh, and so ba- we basically covered every single game home and away. Awesome. Um, when Apple came in and took over MLS, um, they, they kind of bumped everyone down. So I don't, I don't do full time anymore. But I'll cover for Charlie uh, a lot of times for play by play. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, done some TV games, and so that, that's a lot of fun. So I end up watching a lot of MLS. Sure. 
Um, yep, uh, still, and the, the you know the league's changed so much, as I'm sure you guys uh, oh, have yeah. been watching. And yeah, but it's it's great to see. Yeah, it's great to see. I, you know, I, I think MLS they got to figure out because if you if you look at the patterns, a lot of these new teams that they brought in are doing excellent, excellent stuff. I mean, everything from the marketing to you know filling the stands mm-hmm. and and everything, and then you see some of the older teams. Um, yeah, they're the ones that are struggling a bit. And so you got to, I mean, I know when a, when a city gets a new team, it's a lot of energy, but, you know, they got to figure out how to keep that energy within the, within yeah. the team. No, you're right. I, you know, playing for DC for so long when we were, we used to have the best crowds and yeah. the best atmosphere to then, um, you know, over the years watching uh, what's happened and, and, um, and it's getting better again with the, with the new stadium, but yeah. uh, all these other teams uh, passing them, it was kind of sad to see, but uh but yeah, it's it, overall great for the league. Yeah, the league. that's awesome. Um, well, this has been awesome, and uh, I, um, I this what a great story, and and it, again, just so floored that you came on and joined. So we do this thing at the end of every episode called the rapid fire. Uh, if if you read, we asked everyone the same thing, so we're just diving right. with that. If that's cool with you, so uh, yeah, yeah, Messi or Ronaldo? Oh man, you know what? I I was always uh, Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. And is this like a one or the other? Do I have to get one yeah. or the other? Uh, no explanation. Yeah. No, you can get that <laughs> explanation. Changed. Mine's changed. Yeah. So uh, I used to be. I used to always be Ronaldo. I, I don't know what it was. I think I just. Uh, I used to be Man U. Yeah, man, me too. And I think that's part of it. Um, and then, uh, but over the years, it's, it's kind of kind of switched. Um, just to see. Um, yeah, uh, to Messi. But yeah, both of them. I, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Both of them are done. Absolutely. But I'll say Messi now. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I used to really, in fact, on an earlier episode, I say Ronaldo, but I feel like Messi kind of won me over with the MLS jump. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like he kind of, he chose us, you know? Yeah, and, he did. Um, he did. So, and I still, I still love Ronaldo, but I mean, that, you know, he definitely won a lot of American hearts and minds with that move. Yeah, um, yeah. How about Messi or Maradona? Or Maradona. I have to go with Messi. Yeah. I don't remember too too much of Maradona, uh, you know, unfortunately. And and like seeing some of Messi's, um, like when when he was in his prime, it's just like I feel like you've seen nothing like it. Yeah, nothing like it. yeah. That's yeah. right. It was they say Ronaldo's the best player on earth, but Messi's the best player in the galaxy. You know, in the in the, yeah in the universe. Yeah, and then, yeah. there's a couple of times where um, I didn't watch too much La Liga uh, when I was playing, and a couple of times I remember two goals. Uh, specifically, I was watching live, and um, and he scored two two of the more iconic goals that he scored. That one Getafe mm-hmm. goal, I remember oh. watching live, and it was um, and to just be tuning in live for that brief moment and to catch it mm-hmm. was just like it yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How about Ronaldo or Ronaldo? So Cristiano or Il Phenomeno? Oh, I I have to go. Uh, I have to go Brazilian Ronaldo. Oh wow, Brazilian Ronaldo. Yep, I have to. Um, when, yeah, when, back in the day, like he, I mean, I never remember, I mean, I never forget having the, uh, his shoes, the Nikes, uh, growing up and, and like those Brazilian teams watching those teams play, um, and watching him play was like, when I was a kid, it was just like, uh, I don't think anything could, could surpass that. Yeah. yeah. His peak was pretty tough. It, oh yeah. The challenge with him is it just, I mean, it was, it was a great long career and he had so many trophies, but you know, I guess. Cristiano's sort of, I don't know if he's on the juice or what, but he's got. <laughs> um, so this one's probably near and dear because you probably know both these guys pretty well, but Donovan mm-hmm. or Dempsey? Oh, yeah. So uh, 
I know Clint a little bit more. Uh, so Clint, Clint was the uh, that TST uh, team. Uh, yeah, he invited me to come come play on his team mm-hmm. on his team. So I, I know Clint a little little better. But I'm I'm gonna say because of because of Clint's kind of like willingness to go and apply his trade overseas and and um, you know fight for for what he did. Uh, you know I love him for that, but I also love Landon for like you know wanting to grow the sport here um you know people say is you know it's easier for him or, or he's more comfortable but you know either way i mean both of them have done so so much for the for the sport um but if i had to pick one if i had to pick one um just because we're a little bit closer i say clint yeah. yeah yeah he's kind of our neck of the woods guy and you know yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but again both those guys are heroes of, of ours, yes, all of absolutely. ours um Who's the best player you ever played with or against? With or against? That's a good question. Um, so I was fortunate in DC. They we went through a phase where we were we were pulling in some like really really good number tens. And uh, and I for those years I was the D man, so I played. I did all the dirty work for them. Yeah. Uh, yep. And um, Marcelo Gallardo, I'll never forget. Yeah, yeah. Like he 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 dealt with some injuries um when he was with us but when he played it was like i you know he walks in the door and he's just he's this tiny human and uh you would not it doesn't look athletic at all but just like the one of the smoothest players that i've ever played with um some of the goals he scored um the way he used his body and and um it, it was just it was like seamless for him it was it was wild to see you could play on the ball anyway um I probably had the most success with uh, Christian Gomez. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, but then I'm trying to think. I wish I would have thought about this before. Um, yeah, but I was very fortunate to play with some really, really, really good players um, in DC, and then um, and I'll say that was a player I played against. I, I mean, I got to play in some of these friendlies. I got to play against. Uh, you know, we played against that uh, that prime Chelsea team when mm-hmm. um, when Jose just took over the team. We played against them in oh. Oh, um, oh five. Wow. In five, when he first came to the team, and they were they were just everyone like uh, Drogba that that team. Uh, yeah. You know, Terry Lampard, um, mm-hmm. Cole was there. Uh, yeah, they were just unbelievable. Um, I think I was. I got to that play. game, as a matter of fact. Oh yeah. 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 I got to play against the uh, Galacticos, uh, Real Madrid. Uh, we, oh, wow. we played them. Yeah, in Seattle, um, and it was like it was weird. It was just like. Um, I think it was 06. It might have been 05. No, it was 05 as well. They um, they just were coming over, and I'll never forget, I think because uh, D.C., at the time, we were, like, one of the better teams, and they just picked us to go play them on a random Wednesday night, and it was, like, last minute, and we flew out to Seattle and played them, uh, and it was it was crazy. Then I got to play against another Real Madrid team with Cristiano and Kaká and um, and Benzema and all, and all of them back in, like, 09. Wow. Uh, yeah. And that's when like uh, Ro- uh, Robin was on the team, and um, who else was on there? Like you know, Xavi Alonso, all, all those, all those guys. I got to play against AC Milan. Um, wow. Ronaldinho, uh, Seedorf. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was that was an awesome experience. Uh, and we got to play some other you know really good teams. Celtic, Ajax one year. Um, uh, Everton when they were a bit better, uh, they came over. We played against them. Uh, I'm trying to think. Wow, that's amazing. We, we, I think yeah, you just named. Uh, I think you just named like ten of the top thirty players of all time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We were, we were fortunate um, to play against them in those those friendlies. 
Absolutely. That's amazing. It's cool you mentioned Gallardo too, because we I did an episode a, a couple hours ago on mm -hmm. um, top ten global academies in the world, and we did a little segment on Riverplot. Riverplot, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we we mentioned him. Um, so yeah, that's cool it's, that it's, you so, mentioned it's him. so funny. Uh, I, I had no idea he was coaching, um, and I just saw it. On, it came across on on uh, Instagram one day, and I sent it to our other buddy uh, Mark Birch that we used to play against, and we used to mm -hmm. both of us used to just talk about how great uh, Mar Marcelo was, and um. Um, but he, it makes sense. I mean, he, he, I feel like he disagreed with everything coach said, but not in like a, not in like a, you know, just like attitude type way. Like mm -hmm. we really felt like he knew what he was doing and then the things that he's done at ever played. He's, um, yeah, it's great. Great to see. Awesome. All right. So now's the big one. Name your perfect 11. If you, if you can, my perfect 11. Okay. Combining any team, any era. Okay. This is based off of, this is based off of them being their prime, mm -hmm. obviously. And um yeah, and then my my personal opinion. So um you want me to start up top or you want me to start in goal? Start in goal. In goal, okay. All right, this is my one nod to US soccer, Tim Howard. Sure. He's in, in my in my goal. Uh right back I'll go Danny Alves. Okay. Um two center backs, Maldini and uh Vidic. Nice. Oh Vidic. Vidic. Nice. and then left side, uh Roberto Carlos. Nice. Uh so that's my back four. I'm gonna play a four three three. I got uh, Claude Makalele nice as the the, the D mid. Um, kind of a similar type player to you. Yeah. Yeah, I used to hear that. I used to hear that back in the day um, when I was yeah when I was younger. I could run a ton. Uh, and then um, I might be surprised. My my two in front of him, uh, Ronaldinho and Pogba. Oh, Pogba. I love I love the Pogba. Yeah, I, I do too. I do too. I think. Oh my God! I just I hate that he. I know we got to get him back and yeah yeah. But it, yeah, but his prime. Oh I mean, man, it's like the perfect perfect midfielder. I know, like unreal, perfect, yeah, unreal. Um, and then up top, uh, I got to go Cristiano mm -hmm. uh, and Messi on the other side, and then uh, Ronaldo. Up nice, top. awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's my amazing. That's my eleven. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you got a favorite jersey of all time? Favorite jersey? I'm gonna have to say, oh, like the look of one. Yeah. Oh, the look of one. Okay. Or one you wore, whatever you want. Yeah, I was gonna say the one the one that I wore and own is um from my national team cap. Nice. Uh yeah, my one cap. Uh and we were play, we played against England, which was which is crazy. That's my one cap. Uh wow. and so that, that jersey that I own, that's my favorite. Uh and nice. I I like the look of that one. That was the Nike one right before the 06 World Cup. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that. It had that the, like the block on the back. Mm -hmm. Um let's see. The, these days though. It's so tough. I feel like teams have like four jerseys. I know, yeah. <laughs> which I love it, but it's it's yeah. a lot to keep track of. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. It is, and I'm sure they make a lot of money having so many different yeah options. Um, this is tough. This is tough. I always respect. I mean, I always love the fact that uh, that Real Madrid wears all white all the time, yeah. and people, and people just allow it. I just uh, it's pretty. Yeah, I just I like that. I like that, and they they always keep a classic. A classic uniform. I, I love that. Um, and there's some good ones out there. But if I had to go with a brand, I don't know. I love what Nike does. I, I think I'm just like brand loyalty to Nike. And, and um, yeah, I have, to, I have to go with that. Um, I love it. Um, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. It's funny. Eddie Robinson, I had him on because we played at Page together. And he said, oh, yeah. same as you. Uh, he said yeah. Real Madrid yeah. all white. 
And then I, yeah. I messaged you this one if you thought it's sort of a wild one, but it's it's funny uh -huh. and fun. If you were to compare, describe your personal playing style to okay. a band or artist, uh, who would okay. it be? That's a good one. Yes, yeah, so you gave me a heads up on this. And I thought about it. So you, you know the band uh, Interpol? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one of my favorite bands. I'm gonna say Interpol, and the reason why nice. is um, their sound is kind of like you know. It's like even kill, but they have their moments, right? Yeah. And they have their moments where where there's a build or it's an exciting moment, but they're they're like few and far in between. Um, but they're steady, steady, and like every song is um, is pretty consistent, and like I I think that every song is pretty good. Um, and it's I'm very say, it's very you. I would agree with that because they're fundamentally sound and clinically yes, clean. You know, yeah, yes. but then they can rip it if they need to, but they're pretty, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, so I would agree. Yeah. That's a killer choice, man. I love it. Um, well, Clyde, uh, thank you so much, man. I owe you big time and, um, oh, nah. you know, I'll, I'll tell, I'll let Scott Dunnigan down, uh, softly that he wasn't the best player you ever played. You got with. it. I mean, yeah. It's yeah, tough yeah. to compete yeah. with, uh, Kaka and Ronaldinho, but uh, yeah, <laughs> um, you got to tell Scott. I said hello. You got to give him my number for me. I will. I will. I will. Yeah, I, I, I miss Scott. Yeah, man. He's uh, but uh, and Graham Pettigrew with honorable mention as well. Um, yeah, yeah. You said talk to Graham? No, I hadn't seen him forever, but we used to yeah. hang out a lot. You know, he went to Grimsley, and I went to Page, yeah. so we were all you know, yeah. uh, you know, we. I know uh, he's tight with Scott. We've shared some beers. Um, yeah, but as I have with Hesmer. Um, all great guys but hey man thank you so much absolutely I'm super super flattered that you came on and um just thank you so much and i uh, hope you're absolutely. well Root anytime man okay thanks bye yeah see you man. All right, see ya see ya